Welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. This is a podcast where we bring successful tech sales professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs to share best practices, insights, and lessons learned with other tech sales professionals. As a sales professional, the more we learn, the more we earn. Once we earn it, how can we put those hard-earned commission dollars back to work to build additional income streams that will create the freedom we are all working to achieve? I'm your host, Chris Freeman. I'm a high-tech sales leader, real estate investor, and lifetime learner. Welcome back to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. Really appreciate everybody's support and feedback. Today's episode, should you go around your main contact? Wow. So as long as I've been in sales, this has been a question and a topic of debate. I had a recent guest on uh, my podcast, uh, Brian Burns, and I think he summarized it well, in my opinion, which is, if you don't, you're not a professional seller. So I wanted to take a couple, a few minutes and, and look at first, why should you do it? Why should you go above or around your main contact? And then uh, what are some tips on how to actually do it, how to do it well, how to execute it so you do it in a way that doesn't have negative ramifications to your deal? or to the relationship with your contact. So why should you go around your main contact in the sales process? Well, it's important that I think we need to level set. What does that really mean? So let's assume maybe you're working with more of a kind of a doer type champion. Um, they may not uh, have anybody reporting to them, but as, uh, you know, as a pretty capable person within their business, they've identified a pain. Maybe they've been tasked with working on the pain they like you, they like your offering, and generally they're doing really good work to help you get positioned within the account, right? Perfect champion. We love that. Maybe another scenario is that your contact is a first-line manager, so they might be more operationally into the day-to-day -day business uh, versus working on the strategic needs of the business. So just a couple different scenarios or examples. So why go around or above any one of those individuals? Well, one really simple reason is that on average, there are probably 10 plus people that will influence your deal. And if you're not doing it, if you're not influencing those 10 people that have influence in your deal, who is influencing them? This number of 10 or more people involved or having influence on a deal there's been a number of studies, but Gartner has a study that, that, that they did back in 2020 uh, that came up with that number of 10. And I don't know, maybe it's even increased since then during the pandemic. So who are some of those people that make up that 10? I mean, that could be a business leader or an executive responsible for the overall strategy and budget allocation. Uh, I'm in the IT business, so it could be an IT or IT leaders who oversee the technical requirements, uh, oversee maybe implementation, maybe some people that, that are responsible for ongoing maintenance of the IT solution. Think about it, right? The person influencing the technical requirements will most likely be different than the person supporting or operating those assets, software, equipment, whatever it is. Another group, procurement professionals, right? There's those, those procurement people that are responsible for negotiating the contracts and managing the vendor relationships. Of course, we have the end users or stakeholders who will actually be using the solution on a regular basis, and they're probably going to be providing feedback on the effectiveness of the solution. So go back to a recent episode, episode 100, 
where my guest Jason Guppy talked about a very important demo that he had planned, spent a ton of time getting ready for it. One of his first big deals shows up to the demo with his main champion, and he was surprised by one of the downstream users that showed up for the demo, which just happened to be sales leadership. He wasn't prepared for that. You know, there might be other groups within the company that have alternative things or projects that they're working on. Uh, maybe you have developers. I mean, the list can go on and on and on. All right. So that was number one. You know, there's going to be 10 plus people influencing your deal. Number two, there are groups or stakeholders that could be impacted by your offering. And that's kind of the, you know, the going back to the topic of the users or the stakeholders, just digging into that one a little bit more. If you want to get the entire picture of how your solution will tie back into the business or impact uh, multiple stakeholders, you need to meet with those stakeholders. It's just not realistic to think that your main contact, uh, your champion, has a deep understanding of how each of the operating business units or stakeholders, you know, what's what do they need? What's important to them? What are the issues they're having? How are they trying to strategically drive their business unit or their business? Um, your champion, I'm sure they they may be super smart, but they might be really smart on the technology, and they may not know the true impacts on each group and how to address the unique needs of that group or the leaders within that group. So take a hospital as, as an example. You probably, um, whatever it is that you sell, you, you probably have your traditional swim lanes or groups that you sell to for whatever it is your, your product or your does or whatever problems it solves. But let's just say, it's kind of sticking with the theme of IT. Um, so let's say you were selling something in the IT arena. Well, who else could give you insights into the business pressures that could impact your proposal? You have HR. Maybe you could learn that you know they're really struggling to recruit and retain top nurses, top medical talent. Is there a way that you could tie that into your proposal in some way? You have your chief medical officer. Clearly, they're going to have an opinion on how the hospital is operating. There's always the unified communications team, right? Communications is critical in any part of the hospital operation. What could you uncover that could be part of your proposal? Maybe a business unit owner for the remote care or virtual care. I mean, that is a significant part of how hospitals are expanding their reach and providing more virtual health services. While they may not be directly buying your product, what deeper insight could they give you that could impact your proposal? I recently interviewed a rep uh, just couple, within the last couple of weeks who talked about a big IT-related technology deal that he and his broader team was trying to close. It was kind of an infrastructure type of product. One of the things that they did is they went around and talked to all the radiologists to get some feedback and perspective on where they were having some operational challenges. Now, the radiologists had nothing specifically to do with their product, but they wanted to get some insight and just, you know, they were just trying to do anything they could do to keep their deal moving forward. Uh, what came out of it was the insight that they gained from that radiologist allowed the account team to have a much deeper and richer proposal than the competitor. And one of the things he explained was, kind of more importantly, it played a, a role in the number one competitor, which was do nothing or business as usual. I really hate that competitor. Okay, so think about it. When you spread out and talk to as many stakeholders as possible, you're just going to be amazed by some of the small data points that you'll pick up along the way. And it just, again, it really adds to the depth 
of your executive summary and your overall proposal. Again, your, your champion just simply doesn't have the time to plug into all these different stakeholders. They have a day-to-day job to do, but that's your job as a professional seller is to pull all that together. All right, number three. So your champion, while they have good intent, intentions, they're not going to present your solution with that same depth that I just talked about and the right justification. Your main contact, again, they're going to try hard, but oftentimes you know, they're going to get stuck in the weeds of the product, the technology, maybe their own personal needs. I'll give you an, ex- an example. So in a previous role, uh, we once worked with a client that was trying to create some justification for expanding our technology into their kind of their product or their solution. And their business was growing. And as they were going to grow, they wanted to get more of what we did. Uh, the business was very much a technology-centric business. So the account team, man, they were thrilled because, you know, of course, we're excited to be included in part of that, that growth plan. But all the contacts that we were engaged with were mostly engineering leads and engineering managers. The cool thing was they were very open with us and they were sharing their justification, sharing their business plan. And it was a really eye-opener because you don't always get to see that level of background and kind of the process that they're supposed to go through in order to drive kind of their proposal back up and through the business. But it was also a little bit scary because as we started to see what they were putting together, it all talked about the operations, how they do their job. There was very little in there that talked about the impact of the business. Surprisingly, very little that talked about kind of the impact to the revenue growth that they were trying to support. So because we had that insight, we were able to sit down, have a discussion with our champion and get the support of the champion to set up an executive planning session so we could help better facilitate some of the linkage of the business to what the champion was trying to achieve with their design and their overall expansion plan proposals. Um, All right, so number four, competing priorities. Now, your main contact, your champion, your solution, their project, that might be their number one priority, but someone above them may have different priorities. Now, think about it. Um, if you've been selling for any amount of time, have you ever been down the sales process? You're forecasting your deal, you're getting down to the end of the quarter, and then you receive that phone call. You receive that email. Oh, sorry, Chris, the, the project uh, has been pushed back. Uh, there, was, there was some other deal or something else that took priority. Well, darn it. We don't want to hear that. Now, could you have controlled those priorities? Meh, probably not. I mean, they're priorities to the business for a reason. Now, Without getting to the people that are setting those different priorities, you know, the challenge for you as a rep is how can you possibly and accurately forecast and prioritize your own resources on the account and kind of accurately set the expectations to the business, your company, of when that deal will come in? If you don't have that access and you don't have that visibility, you don't even have an opportunity to try to create some urgency with the economic buyer. Now, for years, I've, I've talked about being single-threaded into an account, and that's just where it's just you and your main contact. When you're doing that, there's just so much risk associated with that approach. You know, when you when you can spread out and spread out your, those connections within an account, it's like a spider, right? Building a spider web starts with a single thread, but as they build that thread, they continue to expand out to more threads and start to build that web of connections, and in your case, a web of, of contacts. 
yeah, the more you do it, the more you're going to learn and, and you know, the more opportunity you, you can ultimately create for yourself. Okay. So let's talk about how to do it because there's a right way and there's a wrong way. So a couple of tips. It's not real complicated. Number one, you want to make your primary contact, your champion, make them the hero. You know, you don't want to go around your main contact and make them look incompetent. You know, this is an opportunity for you to achieve what you need to get done as well as prop up your main contact, help them look more uh, competent, help them be more successful, which, you know, it's a, it'll come back around to you. So this could be, you know, this could be as simple as complimenting them with their high-level management team, right? John's done incredible work on this XYZ project, and we're really seeing how this is helping the company save money, gain a competitive advantage, get some efficiencies, whatever it might be. You know, you could be uh, you could be including your main contact in this process, right? They could be sponsoring the meeting. They could be part of it. They could be setting it up and then taking a step back. But however you do it, um, it's a great opportunity to really prop them up. Number two, this is pretty important, is communication. You have to be communicating back with your main contact, back with your champion on, number one, what you need. Why do you need to expand? to different contexts. Why do you need to go above them? Why do you need to go to the side of them? And you've got to communicate that. And when you communicate it in the right way, they're going to help you. So what is the right way? Will there be times when your contact or champion does not want you to go talk to other people? Sure. When that happens, I, you know, I would default to the idea that you know they really don't have the sponsorship for this particular project. That's not a bad thing. In fact, I would want to know that sooner than later, because if you can find that out, then you can have a productive discussion with your main contact. Uh, then you can have, you can engage, you can talk about where they're struggling, what the, uh, what haven't they been able to achieve maybe with their upstream uh, manager or VP. You, now you're engaged, you're communicating, you're not going to, you can communicate to them that you're not going to ruffle any feathers. You know, you're not going to get ahead of them in the work. Maybe you can then collaboratively kind of plan out what you might accomplish as a rep by going above or around them. But you do need to get it done. You need to have that discovery discussion with the stakeholders so you can put together a more effective offering that ultimately your champion can then run with. Now, of course, you, you can't go do this if you haven't established some trust or confidence with your main contact. So definitely you have to fast track that, get that done as fast as possible so they feel more comfortable supporting you or even sponsoring you with maybe their management or somebody in another department. So this brings me uh, to my third point and kind of going back to the idea of communication is whatever you do, whatever conversations you have, you need to go back to your main contact after having any one of these conversations. So uh, give you an example. Uh, this, this is a while ago, but I worked on a on this one competitive takeout in a really large uh, enterprise account, and I'd built up uh, some initial relationships with my main contact. And you know, we were building a we had a pretty good rapport. You know, did some coffees, did some lunches, started to get to know him and understand a little bit of the you know the lay of the land of the account and some of the things that he was trying to accomplish within uh, his own company. He was nice enough. He recommended a couple contacts for me to pursue. He didn't give me a long list. He pretty much gave me two contacts to pursue. And then I had already done my own research. So I knew that those two contacts that he gave me, they weren't really decision makers. In fact, they were barely influencers. 
But I think what he was doing was he was testing me. He wanted to see how I would do if I'd kind of stumble around or embarrass him or whatever. But I, I took it very seriously. I went and followed up with those two people. And uh, you know, then I, I had those meetings. I came back, shared with him what I learned, what I found. And you know, once he felt like he could trust me, he then opened up and started to give me more names. In fact, he uh, went ahead and started to, to quickly set up sessions with his peers. From there, uh, he introduced me to his manager. And by the time it was all said and done, you know, we definitely spread out to about 10 plus people that didn't all have direct ties to the project, but were definitely impacted or had opinions about the project or, or in this case, an actual vendor change that we were pursuing. So as we wrap up, there's no perfect recipe on how exactly to do this. I mean, that this is, and you'll hear me say this all the time, this is a human to human business and you have to make some judgments along the way. You have to read people, understand their business and personal needs and adapt. But when you can serve those needs, you know, that web will spread. So that's it for today. I am curious, what is your experience? What have you done? What have you experienced when having to go around or above a main contact? Have you made some mistakes? Did it work well for you? Did it not work so well for you? I would love to hear your story. And I'd be really honored to have you come on the podcast and share your experience. It's a ton of fun. So reach out. You can grab my LinkedIn connection there in the show notes and just drop me a DM. Until next week, make this your best week ever. Thanks again for joining us today. To get more sales and real estate tips, you can subscribe to our newsletter at hightechfreedom.com. You can also join our private Facebook and LinkedIn group that is exclusively for sales professionals. If you found a nugget of good information in the podcast, please subscribe, give us a positive rating and write a review. If there is a topic that you would like us to cover in the future, please send us a note through our website at hightechfreedom.com. Until next week, make this your best week ever.